Good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of Sea Blue Smarts. I'm Orla Murphy, and I'm co-founder of Sea Blue Marketing. We are the go-to agency for B2B tech businesses looking to drive accelerated business results. Today, we're talking about the return to in-person events, um, really how brands and marketers are approaching their event strategy in the post-pandemic era. I'm delighted to be joined this morning by Julia Phillips, uh, event expert and owner of and shared events. Julia, maybe you'd like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and career to date. For sure. Thank you ever so much, Orla. Lovely to join you today. Um, so I've worked in the events industry for almost 30 years now um, and mainly focusing on the corporate, so the B2B and B2B sectors. Um, but I have done a fair amount of work in the third sector as well. So associations and charities not for profits. Um, having started 30 years ago in 2011, I uh, started my own agency. Uh, we merged in 2016 and I actually sold my share of that business in 2019. Uh, Sadly, so asked whether I had a, a, a little crystal ball, but no, sadly, I didn't. Um, and Potting Shed Events was born in June of last year, um, just as events uh, were sort of coming back to life, really. So, um, yes, just on the crest of that wave. Wonderful. I think we all wished we'd had a crystal ball. <laughs> we do, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And even so, I'm not sure we would have foreseen exactly what was coming well, down the line. So. Indeed, indeed. So today we're talking about, you know, in-person events are back and really how are businesses adapting to, you know, to this, to things opening up again. So maybe if we, you know, do look back at, at the past, so pre-crystal ball and, and, you know, pre-pandemic and really you know how do you see the the last two years has changed how we we think about events and we think about events in our you know in our marketing um execution um yeah what's what what's changed so I think what's really interesting is that when the pandemic hit, um, we've obviously been through recessions before and uh, traditionally, as we know, uh, one, two of the biggest sectors that get hit by um, recessions are advertising and uh, and events, tends to be the second. Um, and previously, you, ha you have a fair idea that a recession is on its way and it's what you might consider to be a gentle tightening of the belt as budgets get squeezed and people start questioning where they are um, putting their money in terms of their strategic um, investments. What happened with the pandemic is that not only was that our first real global experience, but also it literally just fell off a cliff. So we went from one week uh, thinking that we were going to be running uh, large events in the upcoming months to absolutely it stopped dead literally dead in the water and I think what that meant is that the sudden rise of virtual event experiences was almost like a sticking plaster so I think for the first six nine maybe even 12 months of the pandemic all virtual events that were being put in place were oh it'll do we just need to get our message out there we just need to find a way of adapting and so on and so forth what's happened over the second 12 months of the pandemic in my opinion is that those event virtual platforms have have grown up. They've become far more flexible. People are far more comfortable with them. And so now, whereas before we were very much, let's just get it done. Let's get something out there. Anything will do. We just need to speak to our people or to our customers or whatever. Now there's a much higher level of expectation in terms of what that platform, what those platforms are going to deliver, how we're going to engage. And so the, the request to event agencies has really changed 
change from that kind of immediate knee-jerk reaction to actually now virtual events are part of our strategy whether that's virtual in-person or hybrid events those they, they form part of the conversation over the event strategy and i think that is going to form a lot of the conversation going forward i don't think we're ever going to go back to a day now where it's purely live events and virtual events aren't even considered um, as a question mark yeah and uh, what have you seen um in the last two years also in terms of people attending events so we've got the organizers and then we've got the participants you know sure. how has that changed oh, and, and, so, and, and it will change yeah and i think um so initially obviously there was just nothing um and then there was this sort of virtual world that we were all we were all part of um the the challenge always with a virtual event a true virtual event uh, where everybody is on screen is that there's been a lot of chat recently, but um, I think it was coined very early on in the events world um, about Zoom fatigue and obviously other platforms are available. But this idea of um, having, you know, being on a screen all day, every day, uh, often you're not, uh, obviously we're being recorded uh, in terms of video, but often that your screen is hidden. So you could be doing a million and one other things. You could even be getting on with your own work. If you're muted, you can still be typing away and so forth. So capturing people's attention, I think, was really really tricky as we opened up at the in the middle of last year um there was a there was a huge reluctance um i think to attend corporate events number one and number two there was a huge reluctance from companies to mandate that people attended events um, and the example i always use to my clients is if you are if you have colleagues who are unwilling to attend a friend's wedding because they feel that that is too they're too risk averse and they, they feel that's a step too far they're very unlikely to be comfortable to sit in a conference room in a small meeting or even in a large conference space or at an exhibition and so until we see that kind of that uh, reassurance, reassurance in terms of public events. We saw festivals last year, for example, attendance was down at festivals. You know, until we've got that kind of, in my own time, I'm happy to spend time with other people. I don't think we're gonna see that return to live events. That's what I would have said six months ago. Now, I think we've moved on again. We've got weddings going on all the time. We've got christenings, bar mitzvahs, you know, you name it, those kind of events are happening. Festivals are, booming again this year and i think there is a real need to for people to get together we held an awards event in liverpool last week um, on behalf of an association client um, and of th just over 300 people we had only seven declined to attend um, and that was because they had covid so i think there is a real desire to get back out there and get networking and meeting up um, and i see that this is going to create a bit of a booming industry short term but with a caveat that I think people really question what, how they spend their time is going to that particular event, exhibition, conference. Is that useful, valuable? Is that how they want to be spending their time? So I think there's this really interesting moment now where it, it's very unpredictable in terms of when you host an event, it's unpredictable how many people are going to turn up if it's not your internal team and you haven't mandated they're all going to need to be there. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think you've you've covered the the spectrum of the last two years. So everything closed down. Let's shift everything virtual. It'll do from a participant point of view. I'm not traveling anymore. I can join all these things virtually. 
then a little bit of fatigue fits, you know, mm-hmm. set in. Like you said, I'm I'm on, you know, camera all the time. But actually, from an event perspective, we we got organized, right? That the platforms have really, you know, Im- improved and the quality of the virtual events has, has taken off. Now we're back and and in-person events are opened up. So it's like, oh my goodness, I can't wait to get back in a room and and, and meet people face to face. So yeah, we've been through a, a, a bit of a roller coaster over the last over the last yeah. two years. And and I but, think Two examples I would give you, though, is that last year um, we had a client who historically has always done a conference followed by an awards dinner. Last year, obviously, that wasn't possible. Um, Their their appetite for risk wasn't wasn't there. So we actually did a virtual conference and and awards sort of within that time, uh, a much shorter event um, as you need to for a virtual um, platform. Coming into this year, what they've decided to do is they have taken out the awards element. They're going to be doing an awards event, but the conference is going to stay online because what they've recognised is actually that their the way of getting their their message out there, their education, that communication piece is more powerful on an online platform. So that's one example. The second example I would use is I I worked um, in 2021 for a food board. who need to get their their product out globally Um, and the market that they were particularly interested in when I was working with them was the Asia market and so we did a series of virtual events with a 3D expo which was really cool and people could go around and talk to the exhibitors and so forth and actually they this year want to continue doing that virtual experience that's their first port of call to meet with their buyers and then if their buyers have a certain number of meetings and there is interest and so forth then they will invite the buyers to come over to the country to to visit and to really meet the suppliers in person so it's almost like a first round of screening i suppose if you will so it this is where i think it's going to start to get interesting is actually not we're never going to lose it completely what elements are we going to take forward what elements are powerful what elements add to that communicate motivate and uh, educate message that every event should have. Yeah, which I was, I was going to ask you about, you know, your thoughts on the, the trends and behaviours that we see moving forward. But I think you've, you know, you've largely answered that in terms of it's it's that hybrid mix and, and people making decisions about what's actually right for my intended audience, yeah. whether that's purely virtual or a um, in-person or a combination of both. And is that something that you would see continuing long term? I think so. Yes, I think the other thing that we've obviously seen is we've seen this big scattering of people as they've left the big cities and they've moved out and so forth. So actually, there's a there's a personal cost element now as well in terms of attending events, perhaps that wasn't wasn't there before. We haven't yet seen many organisations in London, for example, mandating that their uh, colleagues are there five days a week. There are some mandates that people need to return to the business, but not necessarily five days a week in the office. And that will change the landscape again in terms of how people are expected to and how they wish to behave around events. And I suppose the the trickiest element that we're not really seeing yet is, is that event marketing piece in the sense of if you are a brand and you are exhibiting, how are you going to know how many people are going to be coming through that door? How what do you what footfall are you going to get of the people that come are they going to be the right people for you and so and that is something that I think is can only really be um, analyzed retrospectively so really we need to get through the next 
six, nine, 12 months, and then retrospectively look at how the trends have changed. But I think for the minute, what um, event marketers uh, probably need to be considering is, do they need to hold the event? Do they need to be really clear about what they want to get out of the event? And we come back to this age old question, which was has been posed for years and years and years, long before we even knew that COVID was a thing on measurement. So how do you measure the success of an event? And as ever, the message needs to be you need to be really clear on how you're going to measure it before the event happens and then how you honestly value and measure it and measure it afterwards. Still, event marketing is mainly around um, brand awareness rather than necessarily action taking. So it's how do you measure that slightly? Um, uh, it's, it, it's very subjective rather than an objective thing to try and measure. Yeah, I think um, measuring the ROI of events is, uh, is always an interesting topic, right? So if you bring it into the world of lead generation and, you know, from a marketer's perspective, that in many cases is how events have been considered, right? So particularly trade shows and, mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm, I'm there, I have a, a stand and a presence. I'm looking at, you know, scanning as many badges as I can and, and feeding the, <laughs> the lead generation machine. And actually that's formed a large part of historically, you know, uh, KPIs for the marketer, rightly or, or wrongly, you know, because I think you've mm -hmm. you've um, you've correctly pointed out. So I, I would agree with your view that the role of events is very much at that brand awareness and consideration layer. And from a marketer's perspective, the last two years has really allowed us to really understand where events play and look at if, if we're trying to fill a lead funnel what other activities do I need to do? Because events were taken off the table. And actually, I think it has helped the conversation move forward that we look at the role of events in brand building, brand awareness, but actually look at generating demand and engaging customers in active sales conversations, maybe through other um, through other marketing channels and, and activities. So I think that's, you know, from my point of view, a marketer's point of view as well, it, it, it's... um the last two years has has been really beneficial in understanding the uh, the impact. I'm also keen on, on the point you mentioned about, you know, looking at. Am I getting the right people to events? And, uh, you know, you mentioned it, it's something we will need to look back on retrospectively. And I think I, I agree also that the initially everyone is going out with this we're released i can go talk to people <laughs> and, and actually there's, there's probably a nice window in the short term of engaging really high quality conversation you know sales potential conversations but i don't know if you'd agree that you know we'll need to look at over nine twelve months actually how does that data normalize and and how do people view events yeah absolutely absolutely and i think we have seen this before in other recessions um uh, i'm slightly reluctant i realize that pandemic wasn't exactly a recession that may of course yet to come yeah. but but we have seen this happen time and time again where um we almost in events hit the reset button 
So there's a moment um, before 2011, for example, where the spending of, of lots of big organisations on the kinds of events that they were doing and holding and so forth was getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The expo stands were getting bigger and bigger and bigger. The gifts that they were giving away were getting bigger and bigger. And all that kind of stuff was, was just because they always had to outdo the competition and it got bigger and bigger. And then a recession comes along and it, it kind of resets and it allows us to start with a blank sheet of paper. And I think this is a really amazing opportunity, actually, yes. for those event marketeers to look at not only historic data, but almost a clean blank piece of paper and say, OK, who are our ideal customer? How do they behave? How are we going to speak to them? And it may not be in the traditional event format, not that I'm trying to do the events business out of uh, events for industry, sorry, out of business. But actually, what? how could we make those events more impactful? If we're going to attend an event, how can we really make sure that we're not only just building brand awareness and filling that leads funnel that you referenced, but how can we be having those sales conversations perhaps? How can we move that on a step? And for, for people in event marketing who, as we know, are incredibly creative, um, I think it's a really opportunity because you're not going to have those barriers of, well, that's not been done or we've not done it like that before, because actually we're all starting from, you know, a set point again. So it's really exciting, I think, and really, really interesting um, to see how it's going to evolve going forward. I, I agree. I think there's, you know, the future for event marketing is is, is strong. Um, it, it's just at that, just at the pivotal point of reimagining itself. Um, yeah. And I, I know I, you know, we spoke briefly before we started, um, Julia, about an article I read last week in um, Forbes and talking about the event industry almost in the place now that the advertising industry was 10 years ago. Yeah. When they were making that shift from everything, you know, print and, and out of home. And we saw the emergence of, of digital channels and that required the advertising sector and, and advertisers to, to reimagine. And I think, you know, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on events moving forward. You know, it feels like the events sector is at that pivotal point as well. Um, would you agree? I would, yeah. And I also think the lines are sort of blurring where historically we've had very clear sort of we have our event strategy and we have our advertising strategy, we have our PR strategy. Those lines are becoming far less distinct and the most powerful event strategies, um, certainly for, for the clients that I work with, tend to be those that take an overview of all of those things and blend and merge them together and work with each other. And it will be a different if you think about it as a sort of magic potion, a magic formula, there'll be a different blend for each different organisation, depending on obviously their customers, their client base, their objectives and so on and so forth. But essentially the ingredients remain the same. It's just how you wrap that, how you wrap that in. And I think that is going to be really powerful and we're not going to find that events as we have historically found that they sit in their little silo and you have a little event team and the event team just do their thing and all they all you know is that they come back and there's you know lots more email addresses now to add to the to the funnel or leads to add to the funnel I think it's going to need to be a much more uh, a broader strategic approach um, moving forward which is exciting but on the other hand of course change can be uh, a little scary at times as well so it's just finding that balance of, of excitement and 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 keeping it keeping it fresh and different yes I, I think yeah change always creates a little bit of a you know uncomfortable situation but also opens up a huge amount of 
opportunity and different ideas and different ways of working. And we've been as an industry, the events industry have been through a lot of pain in the last two years. And I think it's really easy to feel quite negative about oh virtual hybrid live you know what's it going to happen what's it and actually if we can start to see it as an opportunity to um each time we've gone through this as an industry because i've been in it 30 years it's not it's uh, as an industry it's not that much older than that which is quite scary um but each time we've had this sort of break it's been an opportunity to almost grow up to another level and actually become that uh, that industry that is really powerful. You know, it's a huge industry. It's a, it dominates a huge part of the marketplace and yet has always been slightly pigeonholed to one side. So I think this is a real, uh, it could be a real game changer for the whole industry. Yeah, so, so lots of, of um, opportunity for, for new ideas, new ways of working and actually then playing a much more integral role in the whole marketing end-to-end strategy exactly. and, and delivery rather than sitting yeah. in one in one place. Now I think yeah. I think it is a really exciting place for the industry to be and and, and I absolutely reflect you know on, on, on what you just said there about you know the, the pain and the real you know it's been an incredibly tough year for you know professionals like like yourselves and and then you know clients like the event uh, marketers as well. Um, but hopefully, you know, the, the future looks bright and there's this fantastic opportunity um, moving forward. Um, just kind of closing out, I guess, Julia, um, what what sort of tips, what, you know, what, what advice would you give? So with all this, you know, potential ahead of us, what, are the, what, what tips would you give to uh, an event marketer or indeed a wider marketing team thinking about how they can embrace and capture the, the full potential that events have to offer? Absolutely. Um, so I, I really have three, um, I suppose. One is, uh, we've just been talking about it, but one is to see events as part of the solution not um, and not a component part, as in a, a siloed component part, but part of the st- strategy as a whole, because those are the ways you're going to make them the most powerful, uh, powerful events possible. Be really clear on how you're going to measure. How are you going to measure what an event does? And be really honest about that feedback. We're not all going to get it right now. Uh, now we have this blank page, it's an opportunity, but equally people have changed. The way that we wish to spend our time has changed as individuals. That is going to mean that collectively the way that um, your clients want to spend their time has changed, the way that your team wants to spend their time has changed. So we're not going to get it right. So we need to make sure that we're being really honest in our in our measurements. Um, and thirdly, which probably should come at the top, actually, is be really clear on your objectives. What are you trying to achieve by running an event, whether it's virtual, whether it's hybrid, whether it's in person or your series of events. Events should educate, communicate, motivate. Any combination of those three, as long as it's ticking those three, you know that it has value. But I think, again, this is a real opportunity to look at some of the event activity that organisations have done in the past that hasn't been ticking those boxes for a long time, hasn't been meeting those objectives, hasn't been playing into those strategies and being really brave about saying that no longer works for us, actually. So we need to find a different a different solution. And as I said before, event marketers are incredibly creative people so we will always find a different solution it's just a question of understanding what the challenges are great advice um (laughs) wonderful tips to to take on boards and i I love the you know the combination what is the event trying to to achieve and and ensure those objectives are are understood and and what's the um 
what you expect the event to deliver. So thank you so much for uh, for your time thank and your you advice this morning, Julia. Uh, lovely to speak to you. Thank you very much. Lovely to speak to you too. Thank you.